0: My name's Pastor Eric. If you're one of our guests, man, just make this home. If you're just here on vacation this week for fall break, make it home. If there's any way that we can serve you while you're here this week, uh, please, we're here to serve you. We want to serve Volusia County. There's 550,000 people that live in Volusia County. Does anybody want to take a guess? how many people out of 550 have zero church affiliation? Zero. Out of 550,000, how many people have zero? none whatsoever. There is no contact with a church at all. You ready? 350,000. 350,000 people that live in our community have absolutely zero connection at all. I'm talking about going to church Christmas and Easter. I mean, any connection at all, Bill. I mean, none whatsoever. So, more than likely, the person that is getting gas in the pump next to you, more than likely, they have no church connection at all. The person that you're walking down the aisle at Publix or Walmart, wherever you shop, more than likely those people around you, they have no connection with the Lord at all. So what are we doing about it? Well, this weekend is Port Orange Family Day. So at Port Orange Family Days, that's why I'm dressed like this this morning. We've been out there all weekend long. We've got two big booths. I've got some great news for you. We won the nonprofit booth of the year yesterday. Isn't that awesome? And um, so, the great news is they said our two booths for next year are absolutely free. So, I'm reminded, you know, God meets our needs in a variety of ways, doesn't He? And next year, they're going to be free. But here's some great news I was out there a while yesterday afternoon, but a lot of our pastors, a lot of you volunteered to be out there. We've got popcorn, cotton candy. We're inviting people. Man, yesterday Amy had one of the most, my wife Amy had one of the most incredible moments with the lady yesterday. She just came up to our booth and said, Man, I just need to talk. And she just talked and absolutely poured her heart and her soul out. The next thing I know, Amy's got her arms around her praying over this lady. So, uh, man, if you're here this morning, she said she was going to be at church, whether uh, out at Port Arms or here this morning. Aren't we grateful that God is a God who loves and cares for our soul? And aren't we grateful that we get to, we get to love people? But... Uh, let me tell you one other great thing about yesterday. One of the things we were doing, we were doing salvation bracelets. Some I mean, y'all got a, ever done a salvation bracelet, you know, where you got all the different color beads and all that? Well, we did salvation bracelets, so hundreds of children in our community got a salvation bracelet yesterday, so they got the gospel of Christ. But here is an exciting news. We saw eight people get saved yesterday. Isn't that incredible? I mean, at Port Orange Family Days, eight people at our booth by presenting the gospel, eight people gave their heart and their life to Christ. Aren't you grateful? There's never a bad time to get saved. You know, there's never a bad time to get saved. Uh, As a matter of fact, if you're lost, this is the right time to get saved. Man, if you haven't trusted the Lord, so we celebrate that and we thank the Lord for that. Man, what a blessing it was. Uh, The organization, Port Orange Family Days, asked us to come to the worship service. Man, we've had a great morning. Pastor Jason, our student pastor, did the music, did an incredible job. And then I, I preached this morning. We had right around 360 people this morning at church service. So, man, can we give God a hand for that? What a blessing. Just one or two things, and we're going to dive in this text of Scripture because I I want us to really embrace it because I believe it's a great word that we need to embrace. But it's also been a great week at our new West Campus. After 18 years, tomorrow morning, on building number one, all the steel starts to go up on building number one tomorrow. Also, hold on, we're not done yet. Also, on building number two, All of the footers are in place. The start building number two got poured this last week. So, guys, we are moving ahead quickly and fast. So, let's all give God a big hand for that. It's exciting. But please remember, God's been gracious. Give us 235 acres of land. We have one mile of interstate footage. I mean, incredible. But when much is given, much is required. So what do we got to do? We, we got to stay on our face before the Lord. We have got to seek the face of the Lord. One of the ways that we're doing that, we're praying that this month of October, we're going to grow in the Lord October for us is about words of wisdom. Take out your electronic version or take out your Bible and go to Proverbs chapter 1. Lord, was almost right. We're in verse 7, not chapter 7. But we're going to dive in and we're going to talk about a couple of things. And I really want you to embrace it today. I really want you to just let God's Word just circle this deep into your heart and your soul this morning. Because I want you to think of Proverbs like this. Proverbs is a manual on how to build relationships. As a matter of fact, every one of us in this room, our life is overrunning in relationships. Have y'all ever been guilty at a potluck supper? How many of y'all have ever been guilty of putting too much food on your plate? Or at, I mean, we're almost Thanksgiving. I'm ready for Thanksgiving, aren't you? But how many of you ever say, I, I need to put some sideboards on the side of my plate so I can get all the food? How many of y'all have ever said that? Well, sometimes in life, our, our plate is full of relationships. Our, our life is full of relationships, whether it's a neighbor, it's a coworker, our plate is full of relationships with our family members. Every single one of us, our life is overflowing with relationships. Well, the book of Proverbs, it is Solomon writing us words of wisdom. A proverb is very simply a very short truth that came out of a long-term circumstances. So, when you look at the book of Proverbs, every Chapter, and a lot of times, every verse, a verse in itself can be a sermon. A verse in itself can be just such a straight word. So here's the go a proverb is a God for living well in God's world. I mean, that's exactly what these proverbs are going to do. They're going to tell us how we can live well in the world that God has created for us to live. So, a proverb is a very short statement of truth that came out of a long-term circumstance. Solomon is the author of this. We know that Solomon is moved by the Holy Spirit of God. We believe that every word matters in the Bible. We believe every word is God-breathed. It is God-given to us. But of these Proverbs, write this number down. There's 917 Proverbs in the book of Proverbs. But this is not all of the Proverbs that Solomon wrote. Solomon wrote over 3,000 Proverbs in total. But there's 917 of them in the book of Proverbs. Something that is unique about Solomon. Let's first answer this. Who was Solomon's dad? David. David. David is Solomon's dad, and Solomon was a young man, and you can read this in 1 Chronicles, a beautiful text of Scripture, and God said, Solomon, what can I give you? If God were to ask you today, and he came toe to toe, knee to knee, in an up-close conversation, and God said, hey, what, what can I give you? How many of you have been guilty like me? How many of y'all have ever asked God for money? Oh, come on. Y'all are lying. Liars go to hell. I mean, have y'all never prayed, God, let me find these quarters underneath my, in my couch? How many of y'all have been in a panic in a drive-thru? We all use debit cards, but remember the day we used to pay cash for something? I mean, how many of you ever dug trying to find enough change because you're, you know, 20 cents or 21 cents short? How many of you ever prayed, God, I need some money and I need it now? I mean, have y'all been like me? Man, I've sat at the kitchen table and, and you know, and you kind of start breaking out in the sweat because you're looking at the balance and you're checking a book, but you still have a stack of bills there. Well, Solomon did not ask for money. As a matter of fact, when God said, Solomon, what can I give you? Solomon did not ask, can can you give me power? God, I just want this great power. Some of us, you probably talk to God, God, can I get this certain position? I want this position. Have y'all ever prayed for a position? Yeah, most of us have. But here's this conversation. It's really up close and personal. Solomon did not ask for one possession. he did not ask for a position. You all know this. Remind me, what did Solomon ask for? Wisdom. Did God grant that request? Yes. As a matter of fact, did God not only request re- do that? Requests, but what does God say? Solomon, because you asked something that is so good, that is so needed, not only am I going to give you wisdom, but what else did God give him? He gave him a lot of wealth. The richest man in the entire world. Not only did he give him wealth, but we know he was, he was placed in the position of power as he is the king. So, when we study Solomon... This is wisdom that God gave Solomon, and it's going to show us this is our God for living well on earth. So, look at Proverbs chapter 1. Look at verse number 3. And right next to verse number 3, Proverbs 1, let's start in verse 3 in verse number 4. And as a matter of fact, you're going to see this in these first six verses. In the first six verses, you're going to see knowledge, wisdom, discernment, instruction, you're going to be about seven or eight different words that are used in the very first six verses of Proverbs chapter 1, that we need knowledge, we need discernment, we need wisdom, we need direction, we need understanding. All of this is laid out for us, but look at Proverbs 1 verse 3, and write down right next to verse number 3, just write the word manual. This is our manual for living. As a matter of fact, I brought up here my car manual. How many have your car manual in the glove box? How many of you have ever looked at it? Why, when you buy a car, whether you're buying it used or... New, however, it is. You hope that there is a manual that in it. I, I drive a 2015 CRV, so I can look in this manual, and if I have an issue about something, I, I can go to my manual, and this manual is there to explain to me how to use the cruise control. This manual is used there. How can I use the different items? This manual is used. I had to look at it a while back. A a new little thing showed up in my car, and I thought, what is that? And I looked it up, and it was telling me one of my tires is about to go flat. Well, the sad thing is before I realized what that signal was, my tire was flat. I mean, this, this book is a manual to tell me all about the car. Well, Here's what I want you to write down next to Proverbs 1, 3. God's Word is our manual. God's Word is our direction. God's Word is telling us how we can live well in the world that God created us to live in. Look what it says in verse number 3. To receive the instruction of wisdom. To receive. One of the things that we always must have is a teachable spirit. Right now, next to that, not only Emmanuel, I want you to write the word teachable. Because I think it's important what Solomon's doing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He says, to receive. We must be teachable to receive these short statements of wisdom that came from long-term circumstances, and we have got to be teachable. With this manual, I can either look at it or I can do like the average man. The average man, when you're trying to put something together, we think we are a wimp if we go look at the manual to figure it out. Y'all ever feel that way? Several years ago, Uh, when our kids were young, we bought a, I mean, it's kind of like the Lexus of the double-jogging stroller. I mean, we had the Lexus of Lexus of a double-jogging stroller, Charlie, and I mean, that thing, I I saw it at the store. We price-checked it. We got the deal of a lifetime on it. Man, I, I, I took it home in this huge box. I set that box right in the corner of the garage. One week went by, and every time I went by, I tapped the box and said, this is a good-looking box, but what's inside of it's even better. One month One month went by, and I tapped the box, and I said, man, there is something great inside this box. It is fantastic. This is, I mean, Amy has been wanting this. So, when she exercises through our neighborhood, she can put the kids in this double jogging stroller. I mean, it's, you can strap it in. It can almost go on its own. This is the best. Six months went by, and that box is sitting there. I mean, it is beautiful. What's inside of it is great. It could be useful. My wife would love it. Nine months went by, and that box looks absolutely beautiful. By this time, not only is it a box, but now I am stacking other stuff on top of the box. But I kept tapping it. One year went by. And I got convicted. I better put this together. So I opened up the box. And, you know, why can't they design those things where you don't have a thousand pieces? You know, you get all those little tools. You know, those things hurt your hands after a while, you know. Finally, I got it put together by God's grace. Really, John Robert and Amy put it together because I'm not good at putting (laughs) stuff together. Here's what most of us do in our relationships. We want our relationships to be great and vibrant, and we want them to be exploding in love. We want them to be exploding in joy. we treat them like they're a box and we put them in the corner. Worse than that, you know what we do? We take our Bible. We go home from church. We set it there. And we might go by it and we tap it just a little bit. Oh, 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 it's the next Sunday. I I need to pick up that Bible again, don't I? Can I tell you, don't treat this like I treated that double jogging stroller where it was a box sitting there. There was a great gift inside of it. It just had to be opened and be used. Please look at me, my First Baptist family. This is written so we will be, we receive instruction. In order to read, receive instruction, the Scripture says, faith comes by hearing, and hearing the what? Word of God. Open up and read it. What we're doing, we're reading a chapter a day in the book of Proverbs, and I've got some great news for you. This last week, over f- right at 4,000 people have watched our devotions on the book of Proverbs this week. Incredible. If you haven't been watching them every day at 12 o'clock, we're posting the 5, the 7, the 8 minute, depending on if Lowell and I are teaching. It's going to be a little bit longer when Lowell and I teach it. But but go on there, and every day, Monday to Friday, we're posting a short devotional on that proverb. Why is that important? Let's read verse 3 and 4, and then we're going to hone in on verse number 7 just for a couple moments. To receive, to be teachable, the instruction of wisdom, justice, and judgment, and equity, to give prudence to the simple. I mean, to give give prudence to the simple, to the young man, knowledge, and discretion. A wise man will hear an increased learning, and a man of understanding will attain wise counsel. To understand a proverb, verse number 7, here we go. Here's the title go vertical. if we want all of our relationships that are on the plate of life, if we want them right we got to go vertical. Write this down number one, write this down go vertical by fearing the Lord. Look what Solomon says in Proverbs chapter one verse number seven in as matter of fact you're not going to be able to do what Solomon says, men, about your relationship with the wife, you're not going to be able to moms to be the mom uh, in teaching instruction in your home. None of us are going to have a relationship with our neighbor, our co-worker, if Proverbs 1-7 is not right. Proverbs 1, 7 is kind of like the first domino. I love playing with dominoes, and I would set dominoes all up over the house. And Man, I would make these big things where I could get a domino to fall off the table, and it would land and hit the next. I mean, we did all that. The very first domino, the very first thing that we have to do, look at verse number 7, the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of all knowledge. Would you say that the average person in America today fear the Lord? No, I don't think so. But if we're going to have our relationships right, the first thing that we have to do, we've got to go vertical, and we have got to fear the Lord. So, what does it mean to fear the Lord? Fearing the Lord, does it mean that God is underneath our bed at night trying to wake us up and scare us at night? Is it that he's hiding behind the closet? Is he the boogie monster that's going to jump out in front of us? What does it mean to fear the Lord? And look at verse 7 again, the fear of the Lord. Right next to that, put the number 18. Put the number 18. 18. Why is 18 important? Does anybody want to take a guess? How many times does it tell us to fear the Lord in 31 chapters of Proverbs? 18, I mean, good job, students, good job. 18 times it tells us in the book of Proverbs to fear the Lord. So what does it mean to fear the Lord? Here's my definition. I found this, and I want you to write this down. The fear that of God is continually awareness that I'm in the presence of God. When we say the fear of the Lord is the beginning of all knowledge, the fear of God is the continual awareness that I am in the presence of a holy, just, and an almighty God, holy. Oh. And every thought, every word, every action, and every deed is, is open before him and is being judged by him. Right next to that, write down Psalms 139. Psalms 139 is probably one of my favorite passages of the Scripture in Psalms 139. And it tells us, it doesn't matter if you go to the mountain peak, he is there. It doesn't matter if you're in the lowest valley, he is there. Can I tell you? We need to live a life that say we fear the Lord because we are in the presence of a holy, just, righteous God who loved us enough to send his son Jesus to die for our soul. We love, we can love Jesus enough because he conquered sin and he conquered death. Aren't we grateful that we are in the presence of God? What is the, the fear Of the Lord. Here's what happens. Fearing the Lord is bowing the knee, and it is great reference to who God is. Fear in the Lord is realizing that you are in the presence of almighty creator God. So let me ask you a question. If we could go back 20 minutes ago as we were singing, if all of a sudden you were reminded as you were singing, you were in the presence of a holy, righteous God was your singing, would it it be different? Would your reaction to the LSU-Florida game be a little different when you're remembering you're in the presence of a holy, righteous God? As a matter of fact, it's quite interesting when you look at the Scripture. If you need direction or if you're trying to make the right decision in your life, write write this scripture down. This is a good word. Write down Psalms 25, verse 12. If you need direction in your life, you're facing a decision. Psalms 25, fear the Lord. Who are those who fear the Lord? He will show them the path that they should choose. As a matter of fact, even Proverbs 22, verse 4, teaches us, if you want to have the best quality of life and abundant life that you can possibly have on this earth, fear the Lord. Fearing the Lord is a reverence for the source of who God is. Y'all have heard me talk about it. I am greatly afraid of heights. When you put me in this situation where I am facing the source of heights, I really get scared. When we were at the Grand Canyon with the kids, you know, I learned quickly at the Grand Canyon, you know, it's a mile deep. There's no guardrails there. And I'm telling you, you know, when my kids might walk up to it, and they're like this. I I, I am. No joke. Y'all can laugh at me. It's all right. I mean, we're going up to the edge. I, I'm going like this. You know, I want to hold it by. You know, go slow. Don't go up. I mean, that edge is steep. It, 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 it's, a, it's, it's a mile down. Did anybody else do that when you were at the Grand Canyon? You're looking at it, and you're going, and I, I'm going like, don't get too close. Don't get too close. I mean, uh, what am I fear? I am Fearing the source that is ahead of me and I'm looking down a mile deep. I mean, the greatest thing that the Stitz family did when we were at the Grand Canyon, we all spit one mile. I said, we are not going to miss this opportunity. All six of us, let's all line up. We will never spit a mile again in our life. I mean, we should call the Guinness Book of World Records. Six people at the same time have probably never spit a mile. So here we are. I, I, the source is scaring me because it's a mile down. I got all my kids. I got Amy. Are you ready? One through three. And we all spit at the same time. We wash it down and we celebrate it as a family. My fear was the source of what was there. Look at me. If we want a heart of wisdom and knowledge, the beginning of it is Only by God's grace and mercy and only by the blood of Jesus Christ can we, listen, by the blood of Jesus Christ, we are entering into this source of life. We are entering into entering into the source of the great I Am. We are entering into the source of the one that spoke this world into existence and how dare of us to come puffed up. How dare of us thinking that we have something worthy to get there. How how dare us thinking that we have something to offer. When I am coming to the source of Almighty God, I am coming to the source because I am covered in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. I am coming to the source because I'm coming to to attain mercy and grace that I need for the moment. I am coming to the source, not in arrogance, but in fear, knowing He is Almighty God, and I'm not. The presence of God is always with you. I think that changes how we live life, don't you? When you're going home and that person from our community driving and they cut you off, the presence of God is with you. When you're at the grocery store and, the, and they didn't charge that item, you think, I'm going to get out here. The presence of God is here. Let's read it again, verse 7, Proverbs 1 7, and I'm done. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. You know what I like about when we know He is the source and we have all reverence to Him, we are surrendered to Him. Aren't you grateful? then it tells us God doesn't give us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Can I tell you, when we have the right fear and reverence to the source of who God is, that there is none other but Him, then guess what God does when we fear Him? He casts out all other fear. When we're not right with the source of fearing God, guess what? Then we're going to live in the fear of this world. But when our fear of God is right, God just demolishes. He just bulldozes all the other fear out. Second thing, write this down. It's personal. It's personal. Why, Why don't I put... It's a personal experience. I can't do it for you. It's a personal experience to say, I'm going to live in the fear of the Lord. And that is the beginning of all knowledge. When I know that he is the source and I'm reverent and I am personally, by the blood of Jesus Christ and His righteousness. Lord, I am coming to you. It is personal, and it is intimate. As a matter of fact, I, it's your decision. If I could make it for you, I would. If I could come back there and hold your hand and walk, I would do it. But it, fearing the Lord is a personal decision. Decision you've got to make. I, I, I brought my. Oh, Amber Alert, probably. Hold on. Lord, we pray as our phones are ringing. Lord, if that's an Amber Alert or a warning, we pray for that child. We pray for that family right now that is going through whatever they're going through. God, we pray grace and mercy upon that family. God, help them. We pray for the officials. We pray for our officers or whoever's involved in trying to find that child or whatever that situation is. God, give them direction in it. In Christ's name, amen. One of the things that we do as a family when that happens, just stop and pray. Or when you're going down the road and you see an ambulance, man, don't close your eyes and pray <laughs> as you're driving. But really, when that ambulance is going by, say, you know what, Lord, I, I don't know who that family is. I don't know who that person is. But Lord, I sure do pray over them right now. And I pray God's grace and mercy. I pray that through whatever this difficulty they're walking through, Lord, I pray that through that situation, it will draw them to Christ. So when you always see that emergency, just pray. You go by an accident. If you're on ISB, you will see an accident every single day. I mean, you'll get your prayer life up to date by praying for all the people in the accidents on ISB every day. Just stop and pray. Why? It's personal. Write this third thing down. When we fear the Lord, it should be seen in our life. Just write this down. When we are fearing the Lord, there should be some practical things that come out. I just put three words, and when I saw these three words, I liked it. When we fear the Lord, it changes the way that we walk in life. When we fear the Lord, it changes the way we walk. What does that mean? It changes the way that we live. Second thing, when we fear the Lord, it really does change our worship. I firmly believe the more that we live in reverence of Almighty God, the deeper our love, the deeper those roots grow with the Lord, and it changes our worship. The third thing I believe, when we live in the fear of the Lord, it really does change our witness, and we want to be a witness for Christ. Because when we're fearing the Lord, we want everybody, we want the... 350,000 people in Volusia County with no church affiliation at all, we want them to fear the Lord and come to know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior and Lord. Here's what Proverbs is. Proverbs is a manual to how we are to live. Proverbs gives us tools how to help each other. But how it all starts... Fear the Lord. Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, this is a beautiful text of Scripture and it's so clear. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Lord, we want to live a life of wisdom, we want to live a life of understanding. We, we want to live a life that is lived well in this world that you have created. Lord, I pray that we will live it by your God. Lord, our God doesn't work. Our manuals are human hand manuals. We want to live according to to the God-breathed manual that you wrote for us. God, you wrote us a book, and we believe every word in it. And we believe the fear of the Lord is the beginning of all knowledge. Lord, may we not mock you, ridicule, but God, may we know that we are living in the presence of the Lord. Right now, as every head is bowed, every is closed, I don't want anybody moving in this ring. Maybe you need to respond like we had four did at Port Orange this morning. How many of you would say, Pastor Eric, I need to live in the fear of God, knowing I'm always in the presence of God. Not that God is going to strike me down by lightning. Not not that God is against me. God is for you. But you are in reverence. That you are bowing your knee, your heart attitude, and you are surrendered to the Lord. This morning, no one's looking around. In just a moment, if you say, Pastor I used to fear the Lord, and I know I'm not fearing the Lord like I need to. Or if you never have, and this is the day. No one's looking If you say, Pastor I, I know, I'm, I'm, I need to fear the Lord. I need to know that He's the source of all things. If that's you, will you just raise your hand? Just raise your hand right where you are. Just raise your hand and say, you know what? Thank you. Thank you. So I, I just need to fear the Lord. I need to bow the knee. I need to surrender. Lord God, thank you for the honesty in this room. Lord, may we fear the Lord because that's the beginning of all knowledge. Just recognizing who you are and who we are. And thank you, Lord, as we recognize that it is only by the gift of grace through your son, Jesus, that we can enter into your presence. In Christ's name, Amen.